Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 118 of the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, and I just want to thank you for choosing us. Do us a favor, give us a rating and review so that we can show up in the podcast platforms and, you know, find more listeners like you. All right. Every week, we're going to talk about social media. We're going to preview the news for Empowering Pumps and Equipment, and we're going to connect you with an industry influencer. Before we start, I want to tell you uh, that we're going to have a short break in May. I'll be going to Uganda and just going to give you a chance to listen to, you know, some of the interviews you might have missed to catch up and to allow me to kind of disconnect completely as I do my mission work over there in Uganda. And I will definitely report back and let you know all about it. So the ones of you that have followed the journey and have supported me for many years about this, uh, I'll definitely fill you in. If you do want to support the mission, I'll put that in the show notes and uh, I'd love to hear from you. And so at this time, let's go ahead and get social. This is where we're going to cover something in social media. I like to share and let you know what's happening, but we'll start with Manufacturing Monday. And this time we're going to shine the light on one of our partners, DFT. They manufacture uh, world-class problem-solving inline axial flow nozzle style silent check valves and severe service control valves. DFT engineers design products using the latest CAD, FEA, and CFD design technology software. And their staff responds quickly. They're amazing. Uh, You heard from Jeff Kane a couple episodes back. If you haven't, go check out that episode about what a great company it is to work for. Uh, But they've been doing this for 70 years and they have a solid team and they have solved so many check valve problems and prevented check valve failures and water hammer. Uh, You know, we don't like water hammer. And so check them out. I'll leave the link in the show notes. And next, I want to invite you to our virtual meetups for May. Uh, Empowering Women's is going to be Wednesday, May the 11th. Uh, also, they have uh, the mentors uh, mentorship circles with Stacey Cassio and our book club with Gail Rudolph all going on uh, while I'm not here, uh, but uh, they will... I'll put the link in the show notes. It'll still be going on. Um, so please and support that and support my team. Uh, we'll also have the Empowering Pumps uh, meetup. That's going to be May the 17th uh, every third Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, I'll be just getting back. And so we'll see if I'm foggy or not, but maybe I'll show up. And then we have also our Slack channel. And that is what you can do at any time. Just download the app and connect with us. I would love to hear from you and and see you join our community. If you want to, you can pre-register for the Zoom links that you'll need to get to our virtual meetups and be ready to turn your camera on, introduce yourself, tell us your problems, your successes. We want to hear about you. And also we have been doing these series where we highlight someone or present an idea or a resource at the top of the hour. So if you know somebody or would like to be a part of our meetups, please let me know. And of course, stay connected with us at Empowering Pumps and using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. 
the thing that I wanted to tell you about this week, and it is uh, happening while I'm gone, but uh, this is about the United for Infrastructure campaign. And this is May the 16th through the 20th. And this is a nonprofit organization that brings together American businesses and elite or elected leaders and everyday citizens from around the world or around our nation to really focus on the message, lead with infrastructure. Okay, that's lead with infrastructure is the hashtag if you want to take that and take a look at that. I'll also include the link to the organization in the show notes. Uh, but, you know, America's deserve infrastructure. Americans deserve infrastructure that can keep them safe, create jobs, eliminate barriers to equality and opportunity. And if this fuels a strong and vibrant community. So this is what they're all about. They want to make sure we have roads, drinking water, airports, broadband, internet. You know, we want to lead with the lead with infrastructure, have the infrastructure in place so that we can have a great nation. And so One of the sponsors there that I want to give a shout out to is ABB. Uh, Every time I see your name show up, uh, I'm just excited of all the things that you're doing and leading the way. And this is just another way that you're helping with infrastructure. So thank you for all of your support in the social. And I guess we'll get to the news. Okay, this is where we're going to review some items from Empowering Pumps and Equipment. And the first one is going to be what you need to know about check valves and cracking pressure. This is one of my favorite things to talk about, I guess, because I don't know that everybody really thinks about this, but it's easy to kind of hear and see. So what is cracking pressure? Often measured in pounds by square inch, uh, so PSI, that's cracking pressure is the difference in pressure between the valve's inlet and outlet ports. And this pressure differential requires to crack, open the valve, the point at which there is a sudden rise in flow. And it also sometimes is called the spring setting. So if a cracking pressure is too high, the valve will not fully open. If it is operating partially open, the valve check mechanism may rattle and chatter. So like make noise, um, which can cause excessive wear and premature valve failure, which we do not want to happen. So take a look at this article, make sure that you know all about it. They're going to tell you the effects of vertical installation on cracking pressure and some other great, great tips on, you know, what you need to know about check valves and cracking pressure. Uh, The next thing that I want to share with you is actually a webinar by SEPCO, and it's talking about how to set up environmental controls for pump systems. Uh, Pump stuffing boxes require proper cooling and cleaning to operate efficiently. So go ahead and take a look at this. It's going to be May the 24th. uh, That's 11 a.m. Central Time with Chuck Tanner, which we love. Um, And he's going to discuss the importance on setting up and helping you maintain a reliable pump system. And so we definitely want you to tune into that and let them know that you heard about it with the empowering pumps. That would be awesome. Okay, now let's get to our industry interview. This week, I am sharing with you 
Tim Merkel. He is one of my friends in the industry. He has been involved with the water wastewater industry for over 20 years. And, you know, his focus is on building relationships and partnerships with people in the wastewater business. There's a distributor or vendor or any other key relationship in the industry. You know, I actually met him through SWAPA and he has served there as the secretary, treasurer. And right now he is the chairman of the marketing committee, which that was new to me. I would have asked him a lot more about that on the interview, but let's dive into that interview right now. Hey, Tim, welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. Hi, Charlie. How are you today? I'm doing good. I have been wanting to bring you on for a while now, so I'm really excited about this interview. And just just to let people know, like we, I think we kind of grew up together here. I don't know. I've been in, we've both been in the industry for a while, and so um, feel free to ask me something or throw something out there too. And I guess just start with you. Can you just introduce yourself and and kind of tell your story? Well, I can do that. And the, you know what? You're right. It's uh, We have grown up together a little bit. It seems like we came into the water wastewater industry about the same time. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. But for, um, so who am I? I uh, My name's Tim Merkel. I am the business development manager at Metropolitan Industries today. And I've been with Metropolitan going on five years now. And business development manager can mean a lot of things. For me, what it means is Oh, it could be anything. It could be a new product innovation. It could be uh, a new partnership with a, maybe a distributor or a vendor. It could be uh, a new strategy that we're working on or Metropolitan in the last couple of years has acquired some other companies. And so it could be working on that. It really is a catch-all. Sometimes it's a little bit of sales. Sometimes it's a little bit of this, sometimes a little bit of that. But I get thrown wherever there's a problem that needs fixed or a new idea to, to work on and try and strategize around. That's what I end up doing a lot of times. Yeah. And it's so important to be able to look at a business and and see all the different pieces and when you need to you know step in and kind of help bring in those new ideas and new um, opportunities. So I am curious of, you know, how you got into the industry and, you know, even into the water industry, but what made you stay here? You know, there's all kinds of things we could talk about there, but how'd you get into the industry? Well, so I have a fun story. So I got my start in 2003, early in 2003, and I started working as a salesman at Connery Manufacturing here in Ashland, Ohio. As a side note, I still live in Ashland, Ohio today and work remotely, uh, which has become very popular with COVID, but I've been doing that for about Mm -hmm. 10 years. And my primary function is to travel around the United States to trade shows, customers, vendors, partners, and see people face-to-face and... uh, forge partnerships, if you would, or occasionally persuade people when necessary. Mm-hmm. But long story short, I was not in the uh, water industry. I was uh, I worked as an assistant golf pro for about eight years, and I had decided that that had come to an end. It was not, uh, oh, I was, I was asked to get a grown-up job by some of the people in my mm-hmm. family. Anyway, I answered an ad in the paper on a Monday morning, and the ad ran and said, sales job, some travel required, some commission available, fax your resume in. And I did not have a fax machine. And so I stopped at a good friend of mine. His name is Chris Schaefer. He owns a portion of Connery Manufacturing. And I stopped by his office. We've been lifelong friends. And I said, hey, Chris, would you fax this resume in for me? Let's say 10 a.m. on a Monday morning. 
And he says, sure. And he walks out of the foyer and he comes back about five minutes later, which seemed an interminably long time to send a fax and hand it back to me and says, hey, I can't help you out with this. And I said, well, what's up with that? What uh, What's the problem? He said, well, I got a couple of problems with this fax you want to send. He said, number one, he said, I can't fax it because it's my own fax number. Number two, he said, you're, you're the first person who's applied. This is the first day that this ad is run. And number three, if we don't get good applicants, we get a short list of a couple of people we're going to talk to in town. And your name was actually on that list. Needless to say, I got that job as the salesman at Connery Manufacturer. I love it. It was it was one of those fortuitous things that was meant to be, right? And so uh, I don't know. The water wastewater business is a it's a crazy business, but it I think it revolves around having some good technical knowledge or ability to grasp some technical mm-hmm. knowledge. Um, and I like that aspect. And it involves being able to talk to people. Yeah. And just connect with people and hear what they have to say and help them find solutions and help them work through whatever issue it is. And those were two of my strengths, unbeknownst to me. And it, it went really well and it's gone on from there. I've yeah, I have to tell worked for Connery. Yeah, I was gonna say I have to tell that everyone that you still are an avid golfer and uh, you know, you can really play. Mm. And so I think that does help when you're going out and about and you have other friends that, you know, in our industry that golf as well. But Anyway, I think that does allow you to have, you know, your hobby as well as the career. So thankful that you did get into the water industry. And I think when we look at when we're out and we're trying to like gather all the information to make good decisions for these companies, right. And try to help them along. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to, you know, people have to like you, they have to know you and they have to trust you. Right. And so building that trust it takes getting in front of people. And I think we missed a little bit of that during the pandemic and kind of getting connected with people. But because we have met prior to that, and and this happens all the time, right? Anytime you're on a video, you you still feel that connection. You still feel that trust. So uh, do you, do you have any of that now where you, you use this? Are you strictly in person still? So uh, the last two years have been difficult to be honest with you, because I much prefer and I, it's not old school by nature, or am I trying to achieve that? But I much prefer to see people face to face. I much prefer to talk on the phone. I use email. We all use email tremendously, right? I have avoided Zoom and Zencast or and every FaceTime, all those. I have done those when necessary. <laughs> However, I have tried like crazy to avoid that. So that's why I'm so excited, right? I'm so excited. This is the yeah, first podcast is, that I have him on here today. So I'm really excited about that. It's a very forward concept for me to sit at a desk and, and have this conversation because for 20 years, my job was to travel one, if not two weeks of the month and see people. And we ended it up one time and right, wrong or indifferent. It was, uh, it was something like 2000 appointments I've made over the last 15 or 20 years all over the United States. And I don't know, you get face to face with somebody and this is pretty mm-hmm. close when you get on the video, but I can really, you can connect with a person better. You can hear their voice. You can see their face and their inflections mm-hmm. when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're frustrated, when, oh boy, I got a problem here, or this is going really smoothly. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad on video, but it's so much better face to face. And then on top of that, you get to see where a person is doing business and how they're doing business just by being in their facility. Even if it's just the office, even better if you get to walk through a warehouse or a, a pump manufacturing location and you can really grasp how you can help them. That's the most 
pivotal thing for me. I, I feel like I'm much more effective. Well, person. I loved coming to the. And we're getting yes, back to I was going to say I loved coming to the uh, Metropolitan Industries facility. It was beautiful, and uh, you know I love a plant tour, so thank you for that. And we'll get into sure. that. I do want to talk a little bit about Swapa before we do that. That's where I yeah. met you, I think, or at a trade show. I'm not really sure, but I do always attach you to Swapa. So that's the Submersible Wastewater Pump Association. If anybody doesn't know that, and are you still involved in that organization? I certainly am. I believe in that organization. I really like SWAPA. And I'll confess when I joined SWAPA right after, or Connery, I should say, joined SWAPA right after I started there. And truthfully, we used it as a way for me to meet people and to get to know people in the industry and subtly acquire more contacts for potential sales opportunities. But it very rapidly within the first year or two, that changed. I got to know the people in the industry, and not only did I see that they were um, I, they were working towards the betterment of what we were doing. Everybody was collaborating. You had ten or twelve pump companies in the room at a at a conference or a meeting, and instead of everyone vying for, "Hey, my pump does this," or "My pump does this," or, or so on and so forth, they were looking for ways to, "Hey, how do we promote submersible pumps as a way to better solve problems in the industry and take care of the." the wastewater collection system and the environment and water sources and so on. And they've really come a long way in the last 20 years and become a big advocate for that. And it's, it's fun. I mean, there's um, I don't want to call it altruistic because it's mm-hmm. a trade organization, right? We all have our, we have our desires to promote submersible pumps versus other mm-hmm. styles of pumps and the ancillary equipment. But um, they really, the people who attend that organization and promote that organization. They care about what they're doing and doing the next right thing. And that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. I also love those in Chicago. A lot of the meetings uh, there, Adams from Chicago. Sure. That reminds me of a story about metropolitan industries, you know, and the the culture, the Chicago um, area there. Tell us about metropolitan industries. I know they have a great entrepreneur story. Uh, I'm going to let you tell it. Okay. So Two things. I'll I'll dive around here a little bit. When I started Connery Manufacturing in 2003, it's primarily owned by a gentleman, Scott Connery. And John Koshin Jr. runs Metropolitan Industries. His father, John Koshin Sr., started in 1957 uh, as a small rep firm. And it's grown, obviously, from there. And I'll talk about that. But we're going on almost 65 years now. In any case, when I started at Connery, my very first sales call was to jump in a little car and drive to Chicago with Scott Connery and meet John Koshin Jr. to do business with Metropolitan Industries. And I did not know a single thing about pumps, float switches, which I was selling at Connery and a variety of other equipment. And the first place I go is Metropolitan. And if, if anyone has been there, it's a big place. It's an imposing it's a little bit frightening if that's your first sales appointment, quite frankly. And I got thrown into the deep end and it was it was fantastic, and I took a liking to John Koshin Jr. immediately, and we had become friends for, well, we've been friends since that day, and then five years ago, I started working for him or close to it, and Metropolitan is a, it's a, it's a really interesting place. If you go and you look at Metropolitan, we do a variety of things. At our heart, we are a distributor of pump systems, is what I would say, and when I say distributor... We sell pumps, we sell all the controls, all those things that go with them, but we do very small projects and very large projects. 
and our focus is to take care of a customer and provide a solution. We've had the good fortune to grow. We are now in a 1 million, I'm sorry, 100,000 square foot building in Romeoville, Illinois. And we have about 150 employees in Chicago. And we have in-house engineering, both civil engineering, electrical engineering, environmental engineering, IT infrastructure engineering. And I could talk more about that later. Basically, there's nothing we can't do around a pump system to help solve a problem, whether it's a large skyscraper in Chicago that's 100 floors tall that needs water at the 98th floor, or it's a variety of sump pumps with great backup technology for the local homeowners in the Chicago metropolitan area or all through Illinois. And we have, we just have a lot of different ways and a lot of different, um, what do I want to call it? I would say just aspects of the industry that we try and touch. And we have it divided up a little bit in house, but uh, we're very focused on being the provider of solutions for water wastewater problems. For sure, for sure. And that's what I was thinking about uh, as you were saying that, just the technology and the different things that when you go out and you're talking to these engineers, what is the problem that they have to solve? And you have a piece of that, especially in this water space, right? Now, sure. this is in the Chicago area that I know of it and kind of how I met you and, and, and met Met Metropolitan. But I saw something really cool that we have to talk about in the last visit, sure. uh, this new cloud technology. How has that helped you, I guess, grow uh, as a company? Well, so there's a couple of things. One, if you look at a pump for just an instance, and I want to go right to the cloud here, yep. a pump is not a super complicated piece of machinery. It can be, and you can you can innovate and do all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, a pump moves water from point A to point B. And I could talk about a variety of different pump companies that have marvelous innovations and efficiencies and styles and different ways that they pump and different types of pumps. But at the end of the day, we're moving water from A to B. Well, just like every other portion of industry in the world, whether we're building cars, building cell phones, building pumps, this, that, the next thing, this communication piece, this cloud, uh, has really, that's the innovation that's available today. I mean, you and I, going back 20 years, if we called and ordered something on the phone, we'd order something on the phone and it would maybe get delivered in six weeks to our home. Now we jump on the internet and two clicks of a button and all of a sudden there's a package on our door 48 hours later. Mm -hmm. Shoot, we could buy groceries if we wanted to and have them delivered to our house. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So that being said, this cloud technology has come along. It was preceded by something called SCADA, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people in the water wastewater industry are familiar with. But the cloud is, mm, it's just not so hardware based. There's a lot of ways that we can use the cloud to communicate with a pump station, usually via cellular communication, and we can back up redundantly and or ask that pump station to do things or tell us about what it's doing remotely from wherever we're at, from where you're sitting at your desk to where I'm sitting at my desk, to the end user being able to, maybe they've got a central hub where they work and they've got a variety of pump stations in a, a city or municipality. Instead of sending a guy out in a truck to go check every station, they could simply do it from their computer and go and fix or handle or deal with the issues that are pertinent to them right then. And the cloud technology has really allowed that to happen. In particular, what we call the Metro Cloud, mm -hmm. We've done a couple things that I like 
I would be remiss not to talk about since we've gotten so invested in technology. Typically, if you have a cell connection, you could do something with the web or the cloud or something. You're running through what we call, not to get too deep here, but a VPN or virtual private network. Basically, you've got some channel through the regular internet, the public internet space. What we have done with the Metro Cloud, though, is we deal with the cell phone carriers directly. And so when we set up a Metro Cloud environment for your pump station, we never jump onto that public internet space. We go direct to the carrier who goes direct to our cloud. Uh, and we partner with Amazon Web Services, which is really a huge industry leader in terms of infrastructure, privacy, security, and backup and redundancy. So that uh, it's not like SCADA where there's one computer controlling your thing and, and something could get hacked or mm, infiltrated, if you will. This is a direct signal back to the Metro Cloud that can't be hacked and is redundant with different servers via Amazon Web Services uh, in different locations of the United States. It's extremely secure, uh, which is crazy. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the, the biggest things people want to know uh, if they're going to use something like this is, sure. you know, is, it, is it safe and I'm blown away every time I think about this and just how far we've come uh, to be able to do that. And so, which leads me to my next question, just for in general, I love, I'm a futuristic kind of person, but uh, what what's next for Metropolitan Industries then? Well, I think there's a couple things that we're doing. We are trying to take this cloud technology and it's super fun to do a big project. For instance, we did a big project in Las Vegas we helped develop a, a seven-pump or heptaplex booster station for the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is – the convention center is about 2 million square feet, just shy of it. Tremendous water pumping capabilities that they needed from a variety of angles. And we took that cloud technology and built it into that system and delivered that station pre-COVID, but then startup came during COVID. And we were able to start up that system remotely from Romeoville, Illinois, which was, which was fantastic. And so while that's fantastic, what's the next thing, though? The next thing is, how do I take that technology and put it on to something simple like your sump pump? And the way we do that, if I may, uh, I don't have it on right now, so I don't mess up this little broadcast. But we've got it set up where you can take your sump pump put the cloud technology on there via inexpensive controller and hook it to an application on your phone and you could turn your sump pump on or off. Or more importantly, I know you're in Tuscaloosa, when you're on a business travel and something goes a little haywire back at the house with the sump pump or the basement or flooding, you're going to know it. Now, maybe you can't do something about it from 500 miles away, but you certainly know the local providers in your community and you can have someone go and take care of that situation immediately. So we're looking at that. The next thing for us is how do we take that cloud technology and continue to innovate and put it on sump pumps, put it on water meters, put it on all sorts of different things that are used in the wastewater industry to make this communication broader, more depth, uh, more availability to control what we're doing. That's That's one of the the really big things we're doing. And there's a couple more and I could talk more about those. Well, I'm, I'm curious, um, yes. you know, if this is a good time to talk about kind of uh, reaching outside of Chicago. You talked uh, about Las okay. Vegas, which obviously you do with your products, but tell me about this. Okay. So outside of Chicago, we do a couple of things. We, 
distribute a number of products, both for the commercial, the municipal, the sump and sewage markets in, in all of Illinois with a big focus on Chicago. We expand out beyond that a little bit here and there, just in the fringe cities around Illinois. But the other thing we do is if you need a big project like this Las Vegas booster system, we can take and do all the engineering. And we do this for a lot of different engineering companies. We assist them with the engineering. And then we can deliver a package system, if you will, via a pump station or a whole house. We can build a house. We'll build 15 to 20 houses every year from you know, 16 feet tall, 16 feet wide, 40 feet long. Uh, and we'll deliver those anywhere in the United States as a prepackaged, complete engineered station. And these are these are typically larger projects where the engineering scale is difficult. And we've been asked to come in and advise or sole source or create a solution to a complex problem because we have all that infrastructure. So that's been that's been a big part of our business for a long time and is growing and growing. But the other thing we're doing now is um We've discovered we're great in Chicago because Chicago has some things. We have a lot of people in Chicago. We have a lot of natural bodies of water. And we have an older city that's got some infrastructure issues, like all major cities do, whether it's San Francisco or New York City or Chicago or Dallas or whatever. And so to that end, about three years ago now, and I'm probably at the time frame just slightly off, but we have acquired or partnered and now acquired with uh, a company called Emmons Pump, which is now Emmons Metro in Albany, New York. And this is becoming our East Coast, I don't want to call it sales office, but East Coast Center, where we are starting to take some of this technology and some of this expertise and not just say, hey, we're in Chicago, but hey, we're in, we're in the United States. And we have an office in Chicago with all the personnel. We now also have an office in Albany, New York with all the personnel, and we can start to serve this greater northeastern section corridor, if you will, of the United States. Because here again is what we specialize, a whole lot of population, a whole lot of natural bodies of water, and an aging infrastructure, which we are happy to help provide solutions and sort out problems and innovate and bring new technology to. And that is that's been fascinating for me. I was pretty pretty involved with the Emmons Metro acquisition, and um, I don't think it's the last time we'll do that. I don't know when the next time we'll do that is, but we are really interested in making our presence available to the people we serve in different physical locations, along with all the innovation we're providing. Yeah, that's wonderful. I just think that, you know, the story, uh, the entrepreneur story that leads on to growth and innovation, you know, and we need it and we'll continue to need it even more, especially in these locations near the water. Uh, so sure. is, is there anything else um, just as we've been talking that you wanted to share with the audience before we go? You know, I don't know that there's anything in particular. I guess I'll, I'll expound just a little bit on metropolitan industries. This is a fabulous company, and I think it's a fabulous company, not just because I work there, but we have we have an average tenure of employee over there who's been there 25, 35, even 40 years occasionally. And that gives us a few problems. We're a little short on younger people once in a while, but the amount of experience, whether it's historical or whether it's with uh, creating solutions for problems, we can just draw on so much experience to help people sort out what they need to do. And we like to take care of people. If we build something, we supply something, 
we're going to take care of it, whether it means we need to fly over here or we need to drive over there and personally take care of it. We're, we competitively price, if you will, things that we do, uh, but we're much more interested in quality and longevity, both from the people that we employ and our partners there to the products that we supply. And it's just, it's a neat paradigm to be a part of because uh, the world's gotten fast, right? And there's a lot of things we do that are simple and quick and don't pay much attention to. But if all water is recycled, because it is, we want to help be a part of the solution that takes care of the environment and make it as simple as possible and as efficient as possible for everybody involved. Whether it's whether it's the engineer, the municipality, the homeowner, everywhere in between, we're interested in those solutions. And so... Yeah, it's it's a great place to uh, to be a part of. To be honest with you, uh, honestly, I just love the passion about helping people. Uh, I think it runs true <laughs> to you, and then you know, definitely the company. And so, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, um, how do you prefer that they reach out to you? So I have an email, uh, and it's uh, I bet you have it up somewhere here yeah. on this podcast, and so on. The other thing I would encourage everybody to do is go to the Metropolitan Industries website. We have, I mentioned all these things we have in-house. We have in-house marketing and um, we do all our own literature as well. But in particular note, if you were to Google or jump on our website and look for Metropolitan Industries Currents, we publish a little, and I'm going to just pop it up here, a little newsletter two or three times a year um, and all the back issues are there. Not only does it talk about Metropolitan but we do so many case studies in that. There's a fabulous amount of information, not only what we have done and what we can do, but what are what's a good idea and how to handle this situation. It's meant to be a marketing piece, but it's meant to be informative to the industry as well. I personally, when those come out, I read those. I give those out as sales, as opposed to sales literature. I give those out to people and say, hey, listen, forget me telling you what I could sell you or what I can do or how I can help you. Take a look at what we've done. And when you get a complex problem, give us a call. And that is a great way to get more familiar with Metropolitan and or email me or call me. I would love to talk to anybody who's interested. Wonderful. And I love the case studies. I mean, they are, they, they tell the story. So, so many different places that you've been and, and how you've helped and, and just cool buildings, uh, which is also really sure. ne- a neat read, regardless uh, if you're yeah. looking for the product or not, but take a look at that. We will put all that in the show notes uh, to make it easy for people. And Tim, I just want to thank you for your time. And I really enjoyed this and I hope that, you know, you'll come back and, and, you know, later on the podcast. Well, I would love to. Thank you for the invitation, Charlie. It's been a pleasure. Okay, this brings us to the end of our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Tim, for reaching outside your comfort zone and being on the podcast. Do us a favor. Send us a like, uh, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Send us five stars. We love that. And we love showing up for you every week. You can reach out to us anytime at Empowering Pumps or using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. And you can email us at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. And so I won't be back next week. We're going to take a short break, remember. And so we will be back in June. And so until then, be empowering. Be empowering.